0: Wow, can you believe we finished season one? If only there were bonus content.
1: (laughs) Okay, sure, we can do that route. I was going to make a plane joke, but you can... Let's take that again from the top without me interrupting. Wait, what's
0: your plane joke? Wait, what's your plane joke?
1: I was going to say we've been cruising through the skies for so long. It's time to come in for a gentle landing. This is your captain speaking.
0: I hope there's something interesting in the gift shop. or, (laughs) Or like... We have to make sure to stop by duty-free, you know? (laughs) Is that good?
1: Oh, this intro gets cornier and worse every time we do it, actually. (laughs) That's good. There was a time when we were doing it as, like, ironic corniness.
0: Yeah, and now we've embraced it. But now
1: we're just, like, full corny. We're just into it now.
0: (laughs) I keep waiting for us to do the podcast thing of, like, stumbling into a good intro and i think our good intro is just cheesy shit my original suggestion was having a beginning quote and an ending quote like from the mind and you said that was stupid and
1: i shot that down and i stand (laughs) by that i stand by that wholeheartedly let's not let's not mince words here
0: Wow, can you believe we finished season one? Uh, if only there were bonus content.
1: Jay, I have the best news for you. Yeah? I have the best news. The is there is news? bonus content? <gasps> and we're in it right now.
0: We're, we are in the bonus content episode <laughs> of this podcast Reels Up.
1: Yeah, it's really wild, actually. It's kind of a meta goof where like, we are aware that we are in the podcast episode.
0: Wow, maybe the bonus content was the friendship we made along the way.
1: Now, I'm pretty sure the bonus content was the two featurettes on the DVD that we watched <laughs> and then <laughs> ranking every episode. Yeah, all right,
0: all right,
1: all right. <laughs> hey, what's up? Welcome to a bonus episode of Wheels Up. We have done our due diligence, we have watched every single episode in season one. So, for this episode, we went into the DVD that Shay has and watched the making of documentary, the little featurette.
0: And the secret gun.
1: (laughs) And the secret gun option. And we're going to talk about them a little bit here. We are also going to rank every episode in this season from best or from worst to best.
0: And we have some um, corrections corners courtesy of my mother.
1: Oh, so true. I forgot about that one. I love that. I love that very much. <laughs> should we start so, with,
0: what should we start with?
1: Let's start with uh, the making of documentary, because I think that one was actually fun. Okay. And I need to take this time to remind people that Criminal Minds was shot in 2005 on film.
0: <laughs> yeah. A
1: genuine film camera was used. I had no expectations for this season looking good, and I will admit it doesn't. It shows its age pretty badly. But Mm -hmm. like, imagine being in 2005 and seeing this on screen. It kind of would have made me lose my mind. You think so? I think it was actually pretty good for the time.
0: Perhaps. I I think it was was
1: okay for the time. Because it doesn't hold up great, but it does hold up, you know? At the very least, it's watchable, which is more than I can say for some things from 2005. Fair. So why don't you walk me through yeah. the, the documentary? Do you want to walk, walk me through it? Just like what? This little yeah. documentary was so weird.
0: <laughs> it's weird. Okay. You know how we always say Criminal Minds is a weird, weird show. Like the editing is weird. Their choices are weird. The characters are weird. This making of documentary, the making of Criminal Minds behind the scenes was weird the documentary it was itself weird. was weird
1: yeah it was just fucking weird yeah so
0: we don't have to talk about the way it's edited but it was edited kind of weird it was it was funny as fuck they would talk about like so we'll, we'll say when we get there um it's hilarious okay anyway it starts with mark gordon and he says what really interested me about criminal minds is that people are really using their brains and then it just cuts to gideon like mind palacing <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just, it's the most fucking head off, brain empty Uh, thoughts he could have had.
0: We also met Jeff Davis, the creator, who's 30 in season one, which feels like much too young to be creator showrunner of a television show, especially Criminal Minds.
1: It is absolutely too young to be creator- that's probably why of he left. Criminal Minds, the television show. Yeah. It is like, absolutely. Like, if you had
0: told me, oh, yeah, the guy who created Teen Wolf was 30, I'd be like, yeah, all right. Sounds like a 30-year-old guy thing to do. If you told me the person who created Criminal Minds was 30 and also created Teen Wolf, I'd be like, what?
1: And the thing, he created Teen Wolf after Criminal Minds, so he was, like, 35 by the time he created Teen Wolf. I know. <laughs> yeah, wow. It is bonkers. If you guys know anything, like, 30 is really young to be a showrunner. Yeah. In Hollywood. Like, it's not young to be a writer. That's fine. There are very young writers in Hollywood. But it is pretty young to be a showrunner. I mean, imagine. A show that then ran for 15 seasons. Like,
0: imagine getting your shot to make a television show. Something people go their whole lives without getting. And you're just, like, some 30-year-old dude. And you make Criminal Minds.
1: And you make criminal lines (laughs) of all shows. And you get fucking kicked off of it after like season two.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Mark (sighs) Gordon says he was excited about the show. Deborah Spura, uh, who was another executive producer, she was like, we were all shocked that the show did well. And that it got the reception that it did. And someone showed us like the board and like the ratings. And they were like, yeah, I don't know what these numbers mean, but like, this episode what fresh hell got a 10.63 out of 15. That's how well our fucking show is doing and nobody expected the show to be any good.
1: Literally the the live ratings for this show are like surprisingly good. Yes. Like overall, right? Season Seasons 1 through 15 of Criminal Minds all did pretty well on air. Like, as good as you can expect a crime show to do. And, like, they did
0: really well on air. And then they are now having a revival on streaming. Like, this show is wildly popular. And for what?
1: Wildly popular.
0: And for what? And for
1: fucking what?
0: Okay. The next section of the documentary was about creating the characters. So Mark Gordon, the producer guy, said they wanted their characters to be interesting and attractive and also believable, but mostly interesting and attractive.
1: Which, Hollywood. Yeah. And
0: they talked about how there was like a very long casting process, but they don't go into more detail than that. Just like, yeah, it took us a long time to cast the show. And they talk about how like at the core, the BAU profilers are a family. And it's really like nice to me because I wholeheartedly agree. But it's nice to me to know that that was like a part of their philosophy.
1: Yeah, they like actually gave a shit about trying to make them into a family. I like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: and I think that you know leans a lot into how season one doesn't do so well, but you know for the rest of the show we see those strong, strong interpersonal bonds between all the characters, and it's nice to know that that was part of like the core philosophy of the show.
1: Yeah, even if they didn't say it out loud, it's nice to know that they were always at least thinking it.
0: Yeah, and Shamar Moore said there was on-screen and off-screen camera chemistry,
1: which we we knew.
0: We, we, we knew. Know. We know. We've been we've, been,
1: we've been fans of the show for a bit. We've seen <laughs> Shamar Moore <laughs> and what um. he posts on social media. We've all are <laughs> aware.
0: Yeah, we do have pictures of most of the cast kissing each other.
1: Exactly. That?
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so they talk about Gideon. And Mandy Patinkin and Edward Bonero, the <laughs> executive like producer, says that Gideon is the team's mom. He's the mom of the Which team.
1: I love because nobody gives you trauma like your mom, and nobody gives out trauma on this show like Jason Gideon. I think it fits.
0: They do all have mommy issues, but like Gideon is the mommy.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, think about how L even calls him mom a couple times. And he's like, stop calling me mom.
1: (laughs) I think it's so funny funny. how they were like, guys, what if we, guys, fuck gender norms? What if we just made this man the mom of the group? (laughs) Yes. I think it's really funny. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, The costume designer said that his whole look, he looks like retired. That's why he's wearing those like (laughs) shitty retired dad shoes, the khakis, (laughs) the Open, terrible button downs. Like he just like is a retired looking dude.
1: I love it. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't realize this until she said it. I was like, oh yeah, no, he does absolutely look like a retired dad. Yeah.
0: Um, and then Mandy Patinkin says that Gideon's character is basically like taking the all the darkness and bad stuff and filtering it to be like light and goodness, that kind of thing. Also, Mandy Patinkin sounded like ready to die. Like, as he was, like, describing, like, looking at all these pictures and, like, thinking about all of this stuff. And he's like, and it haunts me. <laughs> now I know why he left. He was straight up just like, this shit sucks to look at, dude. I hate thinking about this.
1: Yeah, Yeah. No, but, like, it's completely, like, number yeah. one, we'll get to it in the show when he leaves at, what, the end of season two, beginning of yeah. season three, something like that.
0: Yeah, season three episode Um,
1: one. He just left. Yeah. He also, like, did not formally quit. He just did not show up for work.
0: Yeah, Manny Patinkin just did not show up for work one day. So, like... Like, I read that the season three episode one, the reason it's, like, a flashback, it was because it was supposed to be the last episode of season two. Or, like, they were gonna, it was gonna be, like, the beginning of an arc or, like, something like that. But because he didn't show up, they had to move it to be, like, the first episode of season three.
1: It's just so... Number one, you can even tell in this little, like, making of documentary how much it was, like, already starting to weigh on him. Yes. Which, like, true. Like, this shit's brutal. And, like, the people who actually, like, the FBI agents who actually do this shit are haunted by it.
0: hmm
1: I also, though, not to be like, it's not that serious, bro, but, like, you're an actor.
0: He also didn't <laughs> to, like, go on to do Homeland.
1: Yes. He just went on to another crime show. Well, Homeland was a few years later, I think.
0: But, like, still, like, you do Criminal Minds, you take your time off to recover... And then you go back to the same type of thing. Like go do a sitcom. Like another spy
1: drama thriller. Yeah. It's just, it's strange to me. I like not to obviously like not to negate his feelings on the matter. It's right. completely valid to feel like burnt out by this work. And like looking at all of this every day does definitely haunt you. Also, you're an actor on a TV show. Go to therapy instead.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, go to therapy instead. Like,
1: I don't know. It's just like, it's so interesting to me to hear the way that he talked about it here. And then also to like have the knowledge that he just sort of abruptly leaves. He just quits.
0: That's another thing.
1: It's weird, right? I'm not the only one in thinking that that was weird, right?
0: No, I think it was incredibly inconsiderate.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, obviously to quit in the way that he did is actually incredibly inconsiderate. And I'm surprised he got another job in television, period.
0: Because he's Mandy Patinkin.
1: It's because he's Mandy Funkin Patinkin, dude.
0: Next up, Hotch slash Thomas Gibson. Here's the thing. Okay, we're gonna, we have two halves of this. For the Hotch half, Edward Bonaro calls Hotch the tree that doesn't bend. He is like the the center of the group. His steadiness lets everybody else be themselves and deal with things. And that like, if he ever had... The way Edward Bonera said if Hotch ever cried, we'd probably be crying first. And I'm just like thinking about the times in the show that Hotch has cried that have made me incredibly emotional. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, bruh. Seeing Hotch break is like, fuck, dude. It's really not okay, is it? Like as long as Hotch is calm, I know we're okay. As long as he's keeping it together, we're okay. When Hotch loses it, ugh, that shit kills me. It's not we're not okay anymore, folks.
1: <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah.
0: They also call him the true believer. He's like a true believer in the FBI, and he's like the only one that we see that has ambitions like beyond or like ambitions to move on in the FBI, which I thought was really interesting to think about. I mean, obviously this is season one. Emily Prentice, we know, has ambitions to one day also be director of the FBI. Um, but obviously season one doesn't exist. But I, it made me think, like, yeah.
1: He, yeah. I mean, it's really also, weird. I would say, though,
0: I would say, though, they're incorrect. I would say JJ has probably has some ambitions to be a higher position in the FBI. But they don't ever really, like, talk about that as much. Um, but, like, Garcia is happy with where she is. Gideon is, like, children or um, Derek is children, whatever it is that he does. Like, he loves that. Elle is right where she wants to be. Reed was dragged into this to begin with. (laughs) And Gideon's on his way out. Hotch is the only one who's like, the FBI is good. It is important. And I would like to be more FBI, please. Yeah. Uh, And then someone said, like, because of him being so sturdy, it is important to rattle him. And we like have to beat him up, you know, because that's what's interesting is seeing him being chicken. Yeah. and I
1: agree actually
0: Ugh, I love seeing Hush beaten up
1: I love seeing him get his yeah. shit kicked in speaking emotionally of, and physically I think it's emotionally fun
0: emotionally and physically of course Um, speaking of Shamar Moore
1: <laughs> I love Shamar very Shemar
0: gay Moore. energy Shamar okay, Moore this
1: whole documentary is weird and you guys should absolutely if you can find it online somewhere watch it because it's fucking hilarious but yeah. Every single time Shamar Moore is on screen, and it's a lot. It's it just like wow, man, <laughs> wow. Shamar yeah. Moore was certainly like he is certainly a character, and it's just yeah. And what was that guy doing, huh? Like what, what was, what's what Shamar, was Shamar Moore's like deal? Doing? <laughs> what's Who steel? is this man? Who is Shamar Moore? Like,
0: Shamar Moore, very much like Bathory Great just, like, showed up in this show, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, him. Him forever. Different it's demographics, so but weird. still. Yes. Anyway, Shamar Moore calls Thomas Gibson a walking Ken doll. And he says, no one looks as clean as Thomas Gibson in a suit. Well, he's like rubbing his fucking hands together. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It's just so... It's so good. I love like,
1: it. Like, What goes on yeah. in his mind that makes him do that, you know?
0: And then immediately after this, we talk about Elle. And Shamar Moore <laughs> goes, Oh, Lola Gaudini. She's... Prrrr but she's married, so I can't go any more in-depth than that. (laughs) Shamar Moore!
1: What the fuck is Shamar Moore? Like, (laughs) what is his deal? I don't
0: know, but I fucking love it. Give me some of what that guy has.
1: (laughs) Uh, What is he on? I love him.
0: I know, I know. But speaking of, he says that, you know, Al Greenaway, can't talk about more, she's married, and then it cuts to Al's shooting A man.
1: It cuts to the first episode where she murders the guy as he's standing right next to Gideon.
0: So good. Yeah. So they talk talk about Elle's character and they say that Elle's like always wanted this. This is her like dream position. But at the same time, she's like the voice of skepticism. So she's the one who's always like. I don't know, like the straight man, like she's the one who's always thinking about this in terms of like real world you know, like someone just stupid and she's like, that was stupid to do, you know. And no one else really has that as much. Um,
1: Yeah, I feel like everybody else in the BAU, especially season one, feels so like untethered to reality sometimes Mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, yeah, sure. You're a boy genius. All right, whatever. Ella's just very much like that's stupid. (laughs) This is a football team that I like. Hi, I'm from New York. Like, she feels so, (laughs) I don't know, like, tethered to reality in a way that some of them don't. Like, especially Reed and Gideon don't feel like real people. Mm -hmm. Elle and Derek feel like real people.
0: Yeah. Derek gets a little bit into the, like, I'm role-playing mysticism of the FBI. But he still is. A little bit too
1: much, yeah. Like, I think, like,
0: Elle, Derek, and Penelope feel really real world. JJ does in a different way. JJ feels like corporate. You know, like she feels like a real person. Yeah. But it's because her job, like, is to be the real person of the group. You know, it's like her whole job.
1: Yeah, I feel like Hotch and JJ only feel like real people because they're like our corporate CEO idea of a real person, you know? Right. Right. Yes, exactly. Also, you mentioned penelope l and derek yeah and i think that would be a very fun ship i'm just saying i just want to point that out i want to put that out to the universe i think that'd be <laughs> such a fun ship I all right goodbye Ellen, and
0: penelope barely interact i just I like, can't imagine that being friends
1: i think they would be so fun it's sunshine <laughs> gf and then And then, like, bitchy, like, goth, GF, and then also sunshine jock boyfriend. I think it would be very fun.
0: Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I like it. I like it. I ship it.
1: We don't have to go too far into it, but, like, I think it'd be fun.
0: Then they go to talk about Derek, um, and Derek's role is to put himself in the shoes of the killer. He role plays. He's the one who, like, really, like, gets into their position. Um, Thomas Gibson says that Derek has a bat belt, like Batman. He has a bat belt because it's full of gadgets. And, <laughs> and he, he does. like He makes Derek come over. He's like, Shamar, come here. Show me your bat belt. And it's got like two phones, a beeper, his badge, his gun. And he's like, I'm a gadget man. <laughs> That's what Shamar Moore says. I'm a gadget man. I got my gadget belt. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> um, then they say Shamar Moore has the crazy fans.
1: I'm glad somebody, like, acknowledges that Shamar Moore is sort of a weird person in this universe, you know? Like, I'm glad somebody is acknowledging that Shamar Moore is a little weird.
0: Yeah, this documentary was, like, just, like, okay, you guys see it, too. Every time they would say something about a character, (laughs) an actor, it'd be like, okay, yeah, this is on purpose. (laughs) Like, You know what you're doing. Okay, yeah. Okay, they talk about Spencer. Um, they basically are like, he has, his brain works like a different way from everybody else. And then they say in any other job, he'd be weird, but this is like his niche. And I just like to say like, he's also weird in this job. <laughs> he's he's weird. also weird in this job. Like it can be weird. It's fine. Matthew Greg Goobler says his original image of Reed was like a pencil, pencil, thin mustache, Long hair, big glasses, and if he was more of a deranged hermit and less of a clean-cut scholar, which is interesting. Um, And they describe his outfit, and they say he's, like, probably wearing his grandfather's ties. He's got, like, old shoes, the mismatched socks, and that he probably copies Gideon's wardrobe. Dresses like Gideon's, because Gideon's his, you know, mentor figure. And that this job is his first real, like, life experience. Like, he knows everything he knows from reading, And this job is really, like, the first time he's getting life experience, which I don't know if I agree with. I mean, I know you're, like, the showrunner or whatever. But I don't know if I agree with that. Because he went to fucking college as a child. Like, he went to college when he was, like, 12.
1: Yeah, true. But also, what good is college if you're 12? I just feel like he
0: would have had to navigate social situations and, like, talk to people and, like, do all that kind of stuff. So, like, coming to the BAU, like, he should be, like, more equipped to handle that kind of shit. I don't know.
1: He's so bad at it, though. He's he's so bad at everything.
0: So bad at it. Um, All right. And then they talk about JJ for, like, five seconds. And the first thing they say is, (laughs) oh, good, I can tell you what her job is. And I was like, yeah, they don't really super explain it in the show, but we can infer... Anyway, she's an FBI agent who coordinates press conferences and is the public face of the team. And AJ says that JJ is like an intern slash sidekick to Hotch and Gideon, which I really like the idea that she's like learning from them. And that's why I think she should have kept like a management position. You know, like I don't think she should have become a profiler. I think she should have become like assistant unit chief and then unit chief. Like I think she should have it would have been cool to see her stay in that, like, I don't know, administrative side of things instead of it just, like, always being hot and frosty and then, you know. Yeah. It would have been cool to see her grow in that way instead of just, like, now she can punch, you know?
1: God, so true. What good character growth, though.
0: I know. Um, yeah, and then Edward Bonera was, like, she's different from everybody else and she's like colored differently from everyone else because she's like blonde and tan and she has the big blue eyes and like it's interesting to have a character who's like point is being pretty <laughs> which like which... annoying but also sure
1: and also though I like it because so much of like what we think of, like, JJ's characterization is based off the fact that she knows that people just think that she's the pretty one, yeah, right? And she uses that to her advantage. So I like that even in season one here, he was like, I mean, like, you can be the pretty one, but, like, yeah, I feel like the show always knew that she was the pretty one and that she liked being the pretty one to an extent, right? Right. But, like, the show never did that extra step of, like, she's using the fact that she is, quote-unquote, the pretty one to do x y or z like they never really like use that they
0: you know? do a, they do a couple times i mean we see it in like ride the lightning right where she goes in and like acts like one of his the guy's victims and then in season two there's like the in um the Hankel episodes the police guy won't let them look at the police files so she like bats her eyes and she's like please it's the only thing they'll let me do and then the guy's like all right, I'll help you out. You know, she like, they do like a couple of times. I think they could have it up. I do like the path they chose of her being, ends up being like annoyed by it. Where in the beginning, she's like, yes, I'm cute. I might as well use it. And then as time goes on, she's like, fuck you. It's agent. Agent Like She she just gets real mad. Anyway, this is not about JJ. Um, Then they talk about Penelope. Okay. The original concept for Penelope Garcia was an extremely overweight, balding Latin man who answered the phones. And they changed it to Kirsten Vang and also made her like the tech person. I think originally it was just he was going to be like the receptionist. And she's like... I think it was originally
1: said to just be like a one...
0: Yeah, one Just character. Just to be like the
1: one episode, and yeah. then they were like, "Oh man, she's actually fun. <laughs>
0: she's actually like the best person on the planet." Yeah, and Kirsten Vagnes calls Penelope Garcia a tech kitten, which is a mixture of a tech goddess and a sex kitten. I love it. And Shamar Moore went, "Oh yeah, my she's my it. baby doll. <laughs> love her. I love her." <laughs> which is so true, Shamar Moore. Um, and that somebody said. I think the costumer said like oh yeah Garcia agreed to work for the FBI but only if she didn't have to abide by their dress code which I know it's not canon but like here's another how Penelope got started
1: (laughs) Oh, I think this is fun because this you can just imagine in conjunction with all of the other Penelope backstories that do and do not exist I like this because it's like Schrodinger's backstory for yeah. Penelope. But in
0: all of them, she did refuse the dress code.
1: <laughs> exactly. Know. That's the one constant.
0: Yeah, and they said that her character is kind of like the light because, like, things can get so heavy. She is the like light and the fun of the show, which is even in season one is so true. Um, but I just think of like mm-hmm. Sh- of Derek Morgan. When he's like, you're my God-given solace. Like, she's the one that they can all kind of, like, turn to because she's always so positive, which I really like. All right, Then they start talking about the writer's process. I love that. I love oh, that too. They start talking about the writer's room. So there are six men and four women in this writer's room. All white except for one Asian woman. <laughs> but four women and six men. That's almost gender parity. That's amazing. Oh, I thought this was very interesting. The executive producer com- calls them the Knights of the Round Table and points out that the briefing room has a round table.
1: <laughs> and he says it like this was like a mini months plan that they always sort of had.
0: Yeah, he they, thinks of the team. You guys as- will remember
1: if you just watched the last episode. Yeah, they like they have all they have been assigned their like kin-assigned knights of the
0: round table for ever we didn't get until we didn't
1: actually get this in the show until yeah until uh the very end with fisher king and you have to wonder is that because they wrote fisher king first and then continued to think about everybody as the knights of the round table or did they write fisher king because they were already thinking of everybody as knights of the Round Table?
0: It has to be that way because remember when I was making fun of Elle for saying we gotta go to the round table room? They were like calling it that the round table. So they say that the day before filming they have their table read. So everyone comes together, all the guest stars, everybody comes together to do the table read. And Lola says that the writer is like the writers are very open to questions and like thoughts you have about your character and like things you've been tracking which was interesting to me. I mean, we kind of know that right from AJ's pregnancy. They bring like Will in and stuff like that. It was just interesting. Um Yeah,
1: it's also I think it's also a lot because like this is season 1 of the show. Everybody's still trying to figure out the characters. Yeah. You know, everybody's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here cuz girl, <laughs> I do not know. You know? So
0: funny. Yeah. Um also there they they aren't allowed to write scripts at home they have to write in the offices in the criminal mind's offices so that they can like walk from room to room and talk to each other which is like which is just
1: that's normal actually that's fairly normal normal to like do most of your writing in at least like the start of it in office um when you know before a global pandemic and everything when we were all still regularly in offices there's a reason why they're like writers rooms where you just go for like weeks and weeks and weeks on end just to write you know like there's a reason why writers have offices and shit so that's actually fairly normal Mm -hmm. i just want to let folks know that if you didn't know how tv writers room works right writers rooms worked now you do
0: And also the executive producer said that they all practice killing each other. Like all the ways the characters die, they practice beforehand. So like in theory, there's nothing on the TV show that wouldn't work in real life. Which is interesting.
1: God, writers are such fucking fun little psychopaths. Writers are so fucked up and weird, (laughs) I say lovingly. Writers are so fucked up.
0: (laughs) They also keep a tally of the death toll in every episode. They said in season one the count that was the highest count was the fox. With four kills. Um, and then they have a real BAU profiler who comes in and is like, this is too Hollywood. This works. Cool. Uh, and then they start. They switch over to the crew. There's about 150 people work on Criminal Minds.
1: At least in season one. It was 100-ish
0: one. people. So we learned a little more about that green screen backdrop thing that they do. So... It's just like they just put it on the set they're already on. They just stick it there so that, you know, it feels more natural and like the lighting is the same. Say what you said about cutting it.
1: So a lot of the green screen stuff looks bad by today's standards, but also please remember the was shot in 2005. So it was like, OK, and good for back then. But the other thing you have to remember when it comes to special effects and stuff like green screen is these were shot on film. They were shot on film. So you needed to have something that you could reliably match cut from like the office set to like the green screen set. So, for example, when, you know... Derek or Reed is having one of their moments where they're walking and they sort of the room around them fades into like a green screen or into like one of those weird green screen shots. It's the result of them doing the whole scene in front of the office and then the crew bringing in a green screen and then doing the whole scene again the exact same way so that your editor could match back and forth and like figure shit out. So just like keep in mind that shit like this was still shot on t- on film which is, again, they don't go off of film until, like, season four, and then they don't go into, a- until like, season five. So... <laughs> there's always that. Anyway. Wild.
0: Wild to me. And they said that the green screen is there to, like, visually express thoughts. They have a real thing against people talking. <laughs> the whole yeah. documentary was, like, no one just wants to see people talking. So, like, they talk Nobody. about the jet. They talk about the jet being, like, they're talking, but it's you have a feeling of momentum because they're, like, already on the way. They're already going there, as opposed to them, like, sitting in the briefing room and talking and talking and talking and then having to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and the green screen is the same way. Nobody just wants to hear them talk about a case. The green screen makes it, like, visually interesting. I don't know how Which... I feel about that as a concept. I, the jet, I get. I like the jet. But the idea yeah. that, that people aren't going to just want to, like, listen to what the show is about. The show's about profiling. No one's going to want to listen to them profile. I just, like... But also, like, I, I get that it's, like, it... a visual medium.
1: Yeah, it's a visual medium. There's a reason this is a TV show and not, like, a radio play. Or, you like, know? a
0: book. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I get it, it. It makes
1: sense to me because TV is a lot about, like, what can you do to make this visually interesting while still saying what you wanna say, which I think is sort of their big point to having the green screen shit.
0: Yeah. Still dislike it. <laughs> still think it's weird. Um It's still
1: it's still weird. It's still bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. They talk about how they they shoot an episode in eight days. They have eight days to shoot each episode. So it's like really mm-hmm. fast. Um mm-hmm. and they have to build their sets like super fast. Um then something I didn't like think about was they build a police station for every single episode. They have to design and build a police station for every single episode.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. most of this show, I would say probably a good 80 to 90% of the show is shot on one soundstage in LA.
0: Yeah.
1: Like a good, probably actually, no, I'm probably going to be generous because they do have a lot of outdoor scenes. I'll say maybe like 60 to 70% of the show is just shot on that soundstage
0: yeah wow um they talked about how they purposefully gave the bau levels because they thought it made it was more interesting to film like higher people higher lower coming out of the offices from above you know like being able to see up into the briefing room or down out of the briefing room they thought it was interesting and then they talked about how the the reason that those those vertical windows are to mimic like a fortress Like, they want the BAU, their, like, bullpen to feel like a castle.
1: Again, with
0: the castle, the knights, the round table.
1: I actually, I think that's actually a very inspired choice to make. The sort of, like, catwalk levels thing. Architecturally, it makes no fucking sense as to why why? it's there. It makes, there's no goddamn reason for it. But for a TV show, that's a really good design choice, honestly.
0: Like I love how like how many times does Hotch does Hotch come out and just lean on the railing and be like briefing room now and like you're like they have to like they have to look up to talk to Hotch they do that like authoritative like high ground thing you know and then Hotch can look down and you know I love it I love it
1: yeah it's a very inspired choice for for a television show makes no goddamn sense architecturally or like there's no reason for it but I do just love it
0: yeah. I think that's a great choice. Um, They talk about all the different drying blood, blood, the different bloods they have. They have blood that's meant to look dry, blood that's thick, blood for your mouth, jelly, blood that doesn't stain. Uh, all this kind of stuff. And we were realizing that like Criminal Minds has like kind of a horror movie, like a shitty B-horror movie vibe, Criminal Minds. Every episode is a tiny little shitty horror movie.
1: It is. No, you're completely 100% correct. And I think a lot of that comes from like the visual style, but also like I think their effects supervisor in this documentary mentioned that he got his start in horror movies. And I'm like, this super tracks actually
0: all the blood and guts and special effects. Like 80s, just like Slasher, all the pictures of like the knife and the guy walking and then like boom, they're in the doorway and like you close a door and there they are and like
1: yeah yeah it all it all tracks it all is a very yeah no the special effects especially whenever there's blood on screen it's like a shitty horror movie
0: yeah and i and i we mean this with love
1: yes i do mean this affectionately some of my favorite movies are like objectively bad
0: and it also makes me laugh (laughs) because like aj cook her whole shtick is shitty horror movies like, with the exception yeah, of like this. It is. She's like the lead of Final Destination 2. Like, it just like makes me like laugh that she like is a shitty B-horror movie person and now she's in Criminal Minds right at home. Okay. Oh, they also talked about how like they have screaming auditions. Like, they audition people to be like the characters that just scream. And sometimes they're like, oh my god, you would be a great victim. And they just are <laughs> like. I just that just like made me laugh like I know that's like a thing and of course I've like thought about it but just like fuck that's funny
1: also like it made me think of like how we haven't gotten they haven't really missed when it comes to like screaming you know like all of their screams that they have on the show sound pretty real yeah like they don't miss with their screaming auditions they find the right screamers for the fucking show
0: they do they do um. Oh yeah. Then there was one last section that was basically the writers being like, "Yeah, it's scary when you leave the set and then you have to go home and it's dark out."
1: <laughs> yeah. i like, "Yeah,
0: yeah." Um. Okay. That's it yeah. for that one. It's just like a these, short little um, cool thing.
1: Yeah, these were like what, fourteen, fifteen minutes long.
0: Yeah, that one was a little. That one's probably twenty minutes. The secret gun one was like five. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, there is a secret gun option on the season one d v d um, you gotta kind of look around on the screen for it, but there is a secret
0: we just happened to like mouse over, yeah, it
1: yeah. just like lights up and is like Reed's revolver, and it's like a secret gun option.
0: I was like, I don't what know happens what if it we- is. It's just I was fun. like, what happens if we click the hidden gun and it was just like another thing. I'll just tell you really quick. it's pretty quick. the um we got confirmation. That, that after Gideon leaves, Hodge moves into his office. We also found out that Garcia's office shares a wall with what was Hodge's office and then became Rossi's office. Uh, and then they talk about how all of their departments and offices and everything are all in one building, which is like very, very convenient. Um, and that the show has three editors and three assistant editors. That's what we learned from the Secret Gun episode. Yeah, it's one.
1: like Edward Bonero's assistant just sort of like walking us around the oh. set and you get to see how just like normal film <laughs> crews look. They're just like a bunch of dads
0: yeah, on
1: like various vacations, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay, should like, I draw- That's a... just it. Should I draw a correction corner?
1: Oh, yes. We also had a correction corner from Jay's mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny.
0: I have, so I have one quick one that I forgot to tell you about beforehand. That's real quick from Maeve from the generally Discord. We Thank said you, that we said that Lila never gets mentioned again, and Maeve corrected me and said that one episode in like season four or five, JJ goes, "Hey, do you still talk to Lila?" and Reed goes, "I'd rather not talk about this." <laughs> and that's the only time she's ever mentioned, other than the episode she's in.
1: Oh, wonderful. I yes. love. Thank you, Mae, for that, yeah. that little correction. Because that made <laughs> me laugh a whole lot. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh,
1: that's funny.
0: My mother is watching Criminal Minds so that she can listen to my podcast. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things. One, I did say machismo, but it is machismo with the cha. And that's my bad. I'm a With the cha. I'm a bad Spanish speaker. Second, I talked about how Elle's voice when she speaks Spanish is weird. And I said, I like Lola Galdini does not speak Spanish well in this episode. My mom says that one, she's speaking Mexican Spanish and not Cuban Spanish. And that's why it sounds bad to me because it is incorrect to my ears. She should also, (laughs) she should be speaking Cuban Spanish. She's Cuban. They literally say it. Why is she speaking Mexican? Great. Two, my mom thinks that her voice was like dubbed over either by some, like by somebody else because she was like, there's some scenes that like, it does not sound like the same person. Like your voice does not change that much when you go between English and Spanish. So my mom thinks that some <laughs> of Lola Gladini's lines were spoken by somebody else.
1: Which would definitely make sense or it was just like ADR'd by somebody. Yeah, yeah, by, yeah. By like an actual Spanish speaker who still managed to do the the whitest pronunciation of Spanish. But yeah, Yeah. there are some scenes where it does definitely not sound like Lola Gladini's voice. Yeah.
0: My mom also said that Elle should have had an accent, either a Brooklyn accent or a Spanish accent. Because my mom is a Cuban who lived in New York for many years. And she did not, like when they said that Elle was Cuban from Brooklyn, my mom went, no, she's not. (laughs) 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 I love the just
1: confident, no.
0: No. No. Um, also, so this is a correction. So I said that if Lola Calardini is from New York, she should be Puerto Rican because most of the people, most of the Hispanic people in New York are Puerto Rican. So my mother gave me a little history lesson that I'm not sharing with all of you. Oh, I love in, it. Yeah. In the 60s, early 60s, there were a lot of Cuban refugees. The early 60s was the first wave of Cuban immigrants. There were, like, first it was children. This program was called Pedro Pan Peter Pan, where basically yep. it was like a bunch of children of like political refugees and you know war war refugees and stuff were all just sent to Miami by Castro and then after that came people who could afford it moved to Miami um, but there was the Miami Cuban refugee center, the government gave them a million dollar fund, which is eight point five million dollars in today 's money to help Cuban people. And what they did with that fund was they said, we will give you $300 to leave Miami. (laughs) In today's money, in today's money, that's $2,767. They said, we will give you $3,000 if you leave Miami. And they sent them to five places, New York, Union City, New Jersey, Chicago, Atlanta, and Milwaukee. That was where they sent them. They said, please go.
1: Please leave Miami. Yeah. I uh, love yeah. the fact that they just paid people and they were like, please go anywhere yeah, else.
0: Yeah, please go somewhere else. I love yeah. that they are just
1: like, here, just take $300 and go, please.
0: Yeah. My mom said I that think in, that's New- very funny. in New York City, they would have gone to Manhattan. So my mom was like, there's a place, it's called like Devil's City. I was like, Hell's Kitchen. And she's like, yes, Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> So they would have been in like Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. Now now they're more in like Washington Heights or in Queens and Jackson Heights. Um, but they would have been in Manhattan. So the fact that Lola or uh, that Elle is from Brooklyn, not out of the realm of possibility, but much less likely. She should have been from Manhattan. Um, but I doubt they cared.
1: Also, why doesn't she have an accent? I would kill to see Brooklyn Accent L now. I think it would be so Brooklyn funny. Brooklyn Accent
0: L doesn't give two shits about you.
1: Oh my god. She would lose her fucking shit. She would say like coffee and we'd lose our fucking minds. Look, L! No! <laughs> she calls
0: them bagels.
1: <laughs> hey, I brought everyone well, some bagels. Well, shitty accent, actually. But, that's yeah, a New York thing, fucking, isn't it? Like- no, I think I think I can't speak on shitty accents. The only one I can make fun of New Yorkers for is coffee, because I think that's very funny. Coffee, But I get yelled at for the way that I say bagel all the time. So I can't talk shit on anybody else in the world saying bagel. Bagel. Anyway, thank you to James's mom for correcting us and teaching us a little history lesson.
0: Thank you, Maria.
1: So true, Miss Maria. Thank you so much. Now, oh, now we get to the fun part of this episode. Hell yeah. What we are going to do is we are going to (laughs) close your notebook so dramatically (laughs) because we are only going off of vibes from here on out.
0: It's all about the vibes.
1: It's all about the vibes. We are going to rank every single episode of season one against each other. So we're going to go from worst episode of season one to best episode of season one. Mm hmm. So it's going to start really easy and then it's going to get harder as soon as we get up because we're going to have to figure out what is the actual best episode of this season.
0: I have a thought about what the best episode is. I don't know if you'll be able to convince me it's something else.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. And then once we've done this for, you know, 15 fucking seasons of Criminal Minds, we'll be able to find the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And then also the worst of the fucking worst. And I think we can both agree our least favorite episode of this season was The Tribe. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad we both agree on that. I'm putting that down on the spreadsheet right now. Mm -hmm. In case you guys forgot, The Tribe was the very bad racist episode.
0: The Native American very bad racist episode.
1: (laughs) Yes. The one that was (laughs) very bad towards the Apache people. If we're going by number ratings alone, that mm-hmm. means that our second least favorite episode was Machismo. Does that track for you? Because that tracks for me.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give Machismo that.
1: Machismo gets the dubious honor of being ranked 21 out of 22 on this list. <laughs> From there, you can pull up this spreadsheet if you want to see your rankings um, oh. as well. If I go off of my number rankings, that means my Number 20 this season is What Fresh Hell. I'm also pulling up the IMDb page for um, this just so I can remember what these fucking episodes are. My Fresh
0: Hell was the one where the girl went missing and they thought it was the dad. But then it yeah. was like the guy that takes care of his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. It was the guy who takes care of his car. Um,
0: yeah. Hold on. Where's that spreadsheet? Here we go. Stats. Yes, the sheet.
1: stats sheet. You guys can, you right. can see all the wonderful stats. And I'm wonderful. also just sort of exiting off of things, so don't worry about it. Okay. So if I'm going purely off of rankings, my next one would probably be What Fresh Hell um, or Ooh. Broken Mirror. I think out of those two, I liked What Fresh Hell. Oh, but Blood Hungry is also right down there for me.
0: I gave Fried the Lightning a one.
1: Yeah. Huh. I don't know. This is why I said we can't quite you can't change your rankings because these are now right. set in stone forever and ever and ever. <laughs> but if you do want to rank like Ride the Lightning higher than something else that you've given like a 2 or a 3 that's totally fine. You I would get funky put, fresh with it.
0: I would put Plain Sight. Very low.
1: Okay but are you putting it third least favorite of the season low? And you can also by the way if you scroll over I have the ranking set up there.
0: Oh, what did we give? Wait, what is? This? I know oh, this I is see, this see, is see, a hard. God, you've got a whole ass spreadsheet going here, don't you? Dang. This is
1: what I love. <laughs> I don't I... expect you to understand. I just want you to accept me.
0: <laughs> I would put. Oh, but I don't like the. Okay. I'm. You know I what? I'm.
1: What fresh hell is my number twenty?
0: I'm gonna put blood hungry.
1: Yeah, that's as my. That was 20. my other.
0: That okay, was so blood the, hungry. Yeah. Is your
1: twenty? I think blood hungry is gonna be my nineteen because, in case you guys forgot, that was the one where it was like religious cannibalism, kind yeah. of, and it was the little boy, that boy that who was sung sinking. like an angel.
0: Yeah. Poke by Fresh Hell is my 19.
1: As your 19? Okay. Yeah.
0: And then right I above- I like how you're
1: like, <laughs> you're like, James, please put that as my number 19 as though you cannot type your I know, it literally
0: please, just occurred James. to me that I could do this myself. <laughs> I'm putting Plain Sight as my 18.
1: Plain Sight? I didn't think Plain Sight was that bad.
0: I guess not. I just- Both
1: of us ranked Broken Mirror lower than we did Plain Sight
0: no oh yeah yes. oh yeah i guess uh-huh. so the
1: numbers don't change. oh and lie, sh- sh-
0: charm and harm
1: oh god charm and harm
0: damn broken mirror plain sight
1: <laughs> i know right <really?
0: laughs> is-
1: hey guys this is gonna get difficult the more we uh, go into episodes that are like just okay but not good
0: yeah i'm going to put No, I'm putting Plain Sight as my 18.
1: You're still putting Plain Sight as your... Oh, do I like Plain Sight
0: more than Broken Mirror?
1: I liked Plain Sight's case a little bit more. uh...
0: No, you know what? You're so right. You're right. You're right. No. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Broken Mirror is my 18. Are you going to put it for your 18?
1: Broken Mirror is also going to be my 18. So I'll okay. cross that off the spreadsheet. I hope you don't mind. I'm just kind of highlighting the ones no, <laughs> that we've already done.
0: Then I'll do I like Charm and Harm or Plain Sight more?
1: I liked the case of Charm yeah. of Plain Sight more than I liked the case of Charm and Harm.
0: Yeah. It's sort of
1: what I'm going off of here. Okay.
0: Okay. Charm and Harm is Does that?
1: Yeah. Because that also that is true for me as well. Oh, but Secrets and Lies. Do I like Secrets I know, and Lies? I know, I was just
0: thinking about Secrets and Lies.
1: Less than I like <laughs> Charm and Harm. Also, also like just kind of saying episode titles, we should probably go through a quick recap of what these episodes were about as we're ranking them.
0: Okay. Uh, In case I, you guys I, forgot,
1: yeah. Charm and Harm was the one of the, they, they had caught the killer. They knew who the guy was, but they were tracking him across the south... East. Eastern United States. Kind of, yeah. I think Charm and Harm is going to be my rank 17 because it's just not good. But I think after that, Secrets and Lies is not is so not good, the CIA case.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go Secrets and Lies is going to be my rank 16. Yeah. Is it going to be your 16 as well? I'll put it in your...
0: I don't know. I don't know because I'm... Which one was Somebody's Watching? Oh, Lila. Oh.
1: If somebody's Watching was Lila.
0: Some, somebody's Watching is my 16. Yeah. Somebody's Watching is my 16 and then I'm going to do Secrets and Lies. That's what I'm going to do. I think... And then Poison.
1: Oh, oh you're somebody's. Gonna... Okay, hold up. Let me catch right. up. Yeah, so Somebody's Watching
0: is the episode where they go to LA and they meet Amber Heard and they make out. It's stupid. Secrets and Lies was the CIA episode. Poison was the episode where the dad, like, kills his son and they find out that everyone's getting botulism, but, like, also roofied.
1: Let's see. I ranked that one higher than you did, huh? Hold up. Let's go back through our rankings again here because I have gotten to the point where my lowest ranked episodes right now that I still haven't put down are a real rain. Oh my god, how did I forget a real rain? Mm-hmm. How did I forget a real I'm rain? Pretty,
0: I'm gonna put that one a little higher because I like Tanya Pinkins.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tanya, she can only do so much. I yeah. think. Hold up. I think I'm gonna put a real rain under secrets and lies. And somebody's watching. I'm gonna put a real rain at uh sixteen. I fucking mm. hated that episode. And then. Oh, God. And then we're caught up. I liked Poison. I guess my next episode that I would probably have to decide between is Plain Sight and Ride the Lightning. Or wait, I've already done Plain Sight. Mm. No, I need to decide between Plain Sight and Ride the Lightning for my number. And
0: this piece. is really hard.
1: This gets really hard when you get up into the episodes. Yeah. When you get up here, because now we're so, both at so like far... rank fourteen, so we're going into like the top half of the season. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so far, I have the tribe as the lowest, and then I have Makismo. Then is Blood Hungry. Then is What Fresh Hell. Then Broken Mirror, Charm and Harm. Somebody's watching Secrets and Lies, Poison, and then I'm gonna do finally Plain Sight.
1: Plain sight is going to be your 13. Yeah. I, How did
0: that end up so high? I hate, it's like all of these are bad for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just like, <laughs> all which of these is are worse. bad, but we have to decide which is the worst of the worst. And th- this time it was really easy because it was the tribe, but in right. the, uh, future seasons, it might not be so easy to find the worst mm-hmm. case. I think I am also going to go with Plainsight. Oh, but is it riding the lightning? Is it is riding the lightning my thirteen or is plain sight my thirteen?
0: Plain sight is because riding the lightning has some A plus plus JJ content. And plain oh, sight is. Oh true. Boring. And plus
1: plain sight is just such a boring case. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So riding All the right, lightning so,
0: for twelve.
1: Okay, so both of us have plain sight at our thirteen. We are going into the top half of the season.
0: I might put so compulsion the, to the no. for rankings. I'm gonna put won't get fooled again as my number 12.
1: Won't Get Fooled Again. Was that the bomber one?
0: Won't Get Fooled Again is the bomb one. Wait, he's a forger, not a bomber.
1: A bomber in Palm Beach forces Gideon to confront and all that, Sarah. Um, Yeah. This is the one Gideon- Oh, yeah, that's the one where they do, like, the XX hot teen looking for email. uh, (laughs) and Looking for (laughs) inmate XX email, right? Yeah, Okay. Okay. (laughs)
0: And then um, at the end, Gideon is like, I told everybody like that you killed a kid, so now they're going to murder you.
1: Yeah, that one was fucked up. Um. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm also going to go ride the lightning. I'm going to go ride the lightning for, oh, well, ride the lightning was good. Yeah, I'm with you at Won't Get Fooled <laughs> Again, even though we both ranked it pretty highly. Uh,
0: It was the third episode. We didn't know.
1: We didn't know the, the lows that we would get to eventually. Yeah. We didn't know. Um, okay. Are there any ones that I have not marked off on the side that we have both ranked? Um,
0: no. Because you haven't put poison down yet.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's 12. And I right, haven't perfect. put a
0: real rain. Um, damn, this is hard. Okay. Number 11. I might number do 11. unfinished business purely because I can barely remember it. It no, was like- the one-
1: that's Max Ryan in his book.
0: Oh, damn! You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Maybe I'll do LDSK as number eleven. LDSK or LDSK compulsion
1: was the uh, sniper in Des Plaines, Illinois. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do LDSK as eleven. I hope this is interesting that to was- listen to.
1: I hope this is because like, I also think it's gonna be fun for folks to like, maybe go through their own rankings for this season and be like, oh, why'd you guys like that episode more than other episode?" you know? Um, I'm actually, I'm gonna go extreme aggressor. I'm gonna go the pilot episode.
0: I know. For I, number 11. Yeah.
1: I just, I can't, I can't let it get further up, you know? Like I can't willfully rank it in the top 10 of this season. I know. This far no farther. This is my line in the sand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm actually, you know what? I'm gonna put what's less. Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna do ride the lightning for ten. Riding the lightning for ten.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. And then I'll do compulsion.
1: Oh, yeah, compulsion is for
0: nine up
1: there, but down there, okay, yeah, an
0: extreme aggressive for eight, okay,
1: okay, all right, now let me catch up here, yes, <laughs> oh my God, um, okay, yeah, just perfect, um, okay, for my number ten, what was natural born killer about? <laughs>
0: Natural One Killer was like that serial killer who like had was the most prolific serial killer ever, but they said that like four more times. And then Oh yeah, who's turned it um,
1: into a profession. So he is Yeah, and there was like the Italian kid.
0: mob, and Derek kept playing like chummy with the Italian guy until he like said something about it. And then um then um Hotch is like, some people have bad fathers and then become killers. And then the guy's like, what about you? And Hotch is like, I fight killers. (laughs) Or like, I catch people like my dad.
1: Okay. Hotch said daddy issues. Um, So true, King. Have you ranked a real reign yet?
0: No, no. (laughs) It'll be (laughs) next. I was waiting for you to catch up. Catch up. I'm sorry, nine? I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry, I got distracted by the fact that you're ranking Real Reign at number seven or higher, which is <laughs> fucking insane to me. You cannot do that. I don't know. I mean,
0: JJ's so good in that episode. Tanya Pinkin is so good. Gideon tells a reporter, you weren't, you're not strong enough to be a serial killer.
1: <laughs> true, yeah. true, 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 true. Okay, I'm gonna go, Compulsion is gonna be my number nine as well. Yeah. And then, I think I'm gonna go. Oh.
0: Are you gonna put LDSK higher than any of these other things? LDSK or poison? I mean, honestly.
1: LDSK, though, was like pretty good.
0: Poison. <laughs>
1: well, it wasn't that good. Okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe LDSK is gonna be my number eight.
0: Okay. Great.
1: LDSK will be my number eight.
0: Number seven. <laughs> I'll put a real rain. Just Thank
1: fucking Christ! I couldn't stand to see that any longer. <laughs> I put a real rain and number
0: sixteen.
1: And number sixteen. Yeah, it's and my you seven. put it nearly ten spots higher because of Tanya Pinkins.
0: Yeah, this is how I live uh, my life. I'm having a great time, honestly. <laughs> but I like, think about it. You I gave think- Poison a seven, and I gave Poison a five. Whatever the fuck yeah, this I one liked- is. You gave Friday the Lightning a four and I gave it a one. We have some like disparate ratings.
1: We do and have some, some disparate of them. rankings. We
0: both gave Natural Born Killer and Unfinished Business and Derailed an eight.
1: That was the highest we went this season. Yeah, so Man, mm. season one is not good, huh? I hate this <laughs> season.
0: Season one has an average score for me of 4.32 and for you of 4.64
1: it barely squeaks out a 4.5 overall yeah that's insane yeah
0: we hate this season
1: (laughs) um here's the thing that's gonna piss you off a little bit more
0: oh no what's your number seven
1: i think it might be the fisher king
0: oh interesting i think it might be about that episode
1: yeah i'm sorry it's not at the bottom but i think that might be my number seven Yeah, I think that's definitely my number seven.
0: Okay. My number six is going to be the fox. Again, barely remember it. That's the guy that, like, crawls through fucking doggy doors.
1: Yeah, and um, he does come back later. Yeah, he does. We see that killer again later. Un- um,
0: outfoxed.
1: Outfoxed. Which is such a good episode title for yeah. a killer called the fox. I think that's very good. Yeah. Um,
0: What's your six? I- Your options are The Fox, Natural Born Killer, Derailed, The Popular Kids, Poison, and Unfinished Business. I think... (sighs) I know. They're all very close. I I think I might do The Fox as well. Okay. Okay.
1: You put Poison so low, and I think it's a very good episode, actually.
0: I didn't like it that much. I think my
1: number six is going to be The Fox, and now we're into the top five for this season. Top five episodes.
0: My top five is going to be Unfinished. No, it's going to be The Popular Kids, which is the one where the kids kept looking at a dead body (laughs) in the woods, and they also have that terrible conversation about Katrina being God's will. I don't oh, know why this yeah. is so high. I actually, I actually kind of hate this episode. I don't know why I let it get so high. Um fuck, I'm thinking about moving it down.
1: Okay. Okay. You think about that. I shit. I think I might. Okay, you're you're moving it down so the popular I'll, kids like, is. Yeah, hold on. Uh... I'd love to be going through and changing all of these instead of just copy and pasting them up a level.
0: Oh my God.
1: Uh, um, me, I yeah, think I'll my go. number five is going to be the popular kids. Okay.
0: I moved to the popular kids to number seven. So a real reign is six and the fox is five.
1: Okay. So my options for the top four episodes of this season are natural born killer derailed, Poison, and Unfinished Business. Your options for the top four episodes of this season are Natural Born Killer, Derailed, Unfinished Business, and The Fisher King Part Mm 1. What is your number four?
0: My number four is going to be Unfinished Business.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I mean, it's fourth out of 22. That's not nothing.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I think my fourth is going to be Poison because I like that episode quite a lot. I think the discrepancy between where I ranked Poison and where you ranked Poison is going to be our biggest one because <laughs> I ranked it at four and you ranked Poison at 14. We ranked them exactly 10 apart. <laughs> um, okay. What is your number three, James?
0: My number three... Is going to be Natural Born Killer. Okay. What's your number three?
1: I think I'm also going to have to go with Natural Born Killer because my top two (laughs) are definitely Unfinished Business and Derailed. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: So both of us put Natural Born Killer at number three. So for number two, I'm going to put Fisher King, The Fisher King, part one.
1: So that means your top episode this season is Derailed. Yes, and I am honestly agreeing with you wholeheartedly. I think we have gotten so
0: much mileage
1: out of Derailed. (laughs) Exactly, we have gotten so much out of Derailed. Like we've mentioned that episode constantly.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. All right. Okay. So my from best. Two worst. Number one, Derailed. Number two, The Fisher King Part One. Number three, Natural Born Killer. Number four, Unfinished Business. Number five, The Fox. Number six, A Real Rain. I'm going to stop saying the numbers. Then it's The Popular Kids, Extreme Aggressor, Compulsion, Riding the Lightning, LDSK, Won't Get Fooled Again, Plain Sight, Poison, Secrets and Lies, Somebody's Watching, Charm and Harm, Broken Mirror, Wet Fresh How, Blood Hungry, Machismo, and The Tribe.
1: The only real ones on my list that are like vastly different from where James ranked theirs are I ranked Poison at number four. Um, mm-hmm. My top five in order, by the way, are Derailed, Unfinished Business, Natural Born Killer, Poison, and The Popular Kids. Um, and then the only other one that I ranked extremely different than you is really just Poison. Everything else is all within like a few spots. Um, yeah obviously machismo and the tribe bringing up the fucking rear right
0: Derailed as is we expected
1: one. them to be we got so much mileage out of derailed man Honestly. i really did not expect us to like that episode as much as we do or reference it as often as we do
0: the way the the thing about this ranking right for me if you were like oh what episodes did you like this season i would say derailed the official king natural born killer and then 4 through 22, wash. It's a wash.
1: It's a skippable. So like yeah, this this say-
0: rank, this ranking, sure, this is our ranking. But for me, there are three episodes that I would watch again on my own for fun. There are two episodes I would watch again on my own for fun. Derailed in the Fisher King Part 1. And the rest of the season can go fuck itself.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? I think it is... It is extremely, I think, interesting um, that we both just immediately with no, we didn't talk about this beforehand. You heard the most we've talked today is during this episode as we were recording it. You've heard us doing all of our talking for the day. (laughs) How we both managed to be like, Derailed is the episode from season one. It's one of the only ones worth watching, honestly.
0: Honestly, I think Derailed and Fisher King Part 1. I'm tempted. Here's the thing. We have got a lot of mileage out of Derailed, but I think watching Fisher King Part 1, like Fisher King Part 1 was probably my most enjoyable, but we have talked so much about Derailed. I feel like it has earned the mileage we have gotten out of that episode <laughs> earns it its top one spot. But I think my like my favorite casual fun episode of that season is Fisher King Part 1.
1: But I just don't think Fisher King Part One stands up on its own without Part Two, and unfortunately, that means it is scattered across. Uh, it's scattered it's across season lines. You can't. <laughs> I didn't know. I you can't it. have both of them. You know, like I just I don't think it stands up really good without Part Two. Honestly, you have to remember on it. You have to
0: remember that, like my masters, a large part of it is like medieval theater history medieval literature so that shit is right up my alley fun for me
1: that is very yeah
0: like i talk about Chausser for fucking fun right
1: yeah and that's fucked up of you but you do <laughs> um yeah that, those are our official rankings for season one jay do you have any like final thoughts about season one of criminal minds or of wheels up before we uh take before we just sort of like disappear into the ether for a month before we come back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's do a quick, let's talk about the characters real quick. So Gideon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hate that guy. There were a couple of moments that hate were like, his guts. a couple of moments where you like, oh, you're a cute old man. But the bad were 100% outweighed the good.
1: Yes. 100%. I think that's, that's frank, overall that's for the this season. the characters.
0: Let's for this season
1: overall, I think yeah. the bad outweighs the good period. Let me yeah. make another fucking... Hold up, let me just make another fucking... Let me just make another... <laughs> just Hold a calm, up. Just Everybody, a calm. shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> character <laughs> rankings? Okay. Who's the worst character this season Gideon. of the regular cast? Gideon. And why isn't Gideon, obviously?
0: He's racist. He's homophobic.
1: Awful. He Awful. pushes
0: his view of family onto everybody else, but also does not stay true to them because there are times when he says family is everything. You have to be with your family no matter what. You got to keep your family together. Divorce is bad. This is bad. This is bad. But then he doesn't give Hotch the opportunity to stay with his family on his birthday. He himself, his family is destroyed when the CIA guy. He doesn't care about his son. Gideon says nothing about it. So it's like, if you're going to be up on your high horse when it's time to be on your high horse, stay there. And also the fact that, like, knowing that he, like, groomed Reed to be this FBI agent when Reed, like, had other things he wanted to do, like, I don't like that at all.
1: Yeah. It's gross. Yeah.
0: Do you agree that Gideon's the worst?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. You had me from, like, God, do you remember that one fucking episode where he was in Penelope's office? And oh. after he caused her all sorts of fucking the, girl with the distress during the day. It's like, oh yeah, the girl with the screens? She's Fuck great. you, old man.
0: I fucking hate that guy. We should
1: put you in a fucking home, old man. God, he sucks he te- so bad. He like has somebody fucking killed in
0: jail because he like doesn't like him, which like, ugh, whatever. Um, okay. Next, so who else do we? Oh no, Reed L. Spencer, Reed Spencer, Reed L. J. J. Hodge Penelope, Reed Hodge. Also Derek Morgan L. Penelope, yeah. Reed Hodge, Derek or- Morgan Penelope, Reed Hodge. Derek L. Yeah. L. Why can't I say these people's names? Um, you know what? Here, okay. For season one alone.
1: Just, just in the vortex of only having watched season one.
0: Derek is the next bottom for me. Because in this season, he's, I don't know, misogynistic. He's brash. He's constantly being like, why are we talking about this case? Why are we doing this? And I, I found it unpleasant.
1: Yeah. I. Yeah. I think Derek as a character, though, was still more lovable than Reed. I think Reed is going to be my second. I think so. I liked
0: Reed in this season.
1: I just. Like, he's. Well, actually,
0: you know. Hold on. I
1: have no patience for a boy genius trope who's shitty.
0: Actually, you know, I was thinking about I I thought he was really cute this season, but now I'm thinking about like all the shit he gets away with this season that pissed me the fuck off. Yeah, you know what he's next. He's next because Derek was like annoying, but he didn't actively do bad things.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're right. Exactly. So Derek is right above Reed, okay. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I'm with you there in that. Well, no. What did Penelope do this season? She didn't do anything bad, though.
0: Well, she did the like video game. But I feel like her playing that video game
1: is better. We talked about that, how that's absolutely not her fault. But yeah, yeah. I would, I would,
0: I, oh, you know what? Okay. I'm going to say Gideon's the worst. Then it's Spencer. And then I'm actually going to put Elm there.
1: Oh, you're going to put Elle under Morgan?
0: Yeah, I think so. Just because, again, he was like douchey and I don't like the trope that he was. But Elle was like real shitty a (laughs) lot. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that CIA agent where she's like, tell us all about your assault and shit. Otherwise, I'm going to think you're a murderer. And then when the woman dies, she's like, that's... uh, I don't know and like when JJ like yeah. knows things about her she's like looks at her all weird like what you you looked up things about me as if that's your job or something I don't know she and Derek I think are tied I think but I feel like she has a few more mean-spirited they're really moments really close yeah but I think she has a few more mean-spirited moments
1: yeah it's like is Derek's the the thing is also you have to think right. about like yeah is Derek's like season one stuff mean spirited or does he just have to sort of play that straight man of like why yeah. are we actually going here if they had the I guy also, why are we talking about I also want to
0: put L's I need to rank L lower for the shit with her being Hispanic like the fact True. that they made her Hispanic on a whim the fact that Lola Gladini is white etc Yeah, no, I'm
1: I'm with you there. Okay, yeah, I'm with you.
0: Yeah, and then I'll put Derek.
1: I think, and then Derek at number four. This is seven. It's always, of course, seven,
0: right? Gideon, Hot Weed, L, J, J, Derek.
1: No, yeah, seven.
0: Yeah, so my bottom it's Gideon, and Mm -hmm. then Spencer, and then L, right, and then Derek. Because I didn't like Derek's,
1: and I'm like, ranking them the exact same way for now.
0: Yeah, I didn't like Derek's like casual, um, mis like it wasn't even like cat. It wasn't like misogyny, but that like that like workplace flirty when we don't know like if that's chill yeah. or not yet, and then the constant questioning. I didn't enjoy.
1: The constant questionings. I think my my number three is actually this is going to be controversial, Jay. But my number three is going to be JJ. JJ,
0: me too. Me too. Unfortunately. Oh,
1: okay. Good. Okay. Good. She's not <laughs> like right, in perfect. this season enough because she just doesn't do anything this season. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like it gets better. Like there are she has a few gem moments, the like you need to change your tie moment, and then the like yeah. My friends call me JJ. You can call me Jennifer. Like there's a few moments where you're like fuck yeah queen. But overall, she's not, yeah. she is not a person in this season. If I if again in the vacuum of season 1, she's cute, she's funny, she's great at her job clearly. She's an interesting like mix of that standard like pretty girl media liaison and like a little snarky, a little driven, you know, but yeah, she doesn't do a lot. Honestly, if
1: she does not do a lot,
0: no, if she had had like a couple, like if she had had, like, I would say she had a pretty like bland season, but if she had been a little meaner, she would be way lower, you know? It's just the fact that, like, the scenes that she's in are so good yeah, that keeps her up, you know? There's nothing really dragging her down. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. It's that yeah. she she doesn't have anything dragging her down. She just also doesn't have anything dragging her incredibly yeah. high up. Yeah.
0: Um, My number two is going to be this Penelope. Who's your second
1: most favorite character this season? Penelope. Okay, okay.
0: I fucking love Penelope
1: Garcia. I love Penelope Garcia in this house. I don't know.
0: I just, I feel like Hotch got so many cute family moments. We got to see him be authoritative, but also be like a fun dad who was in a musical in high school. And like, he got to be jealous because of Gideon. And he got to make yeah. jokes about them needing a vacation. And like, he just like had... Such a good, like, he was cute, but he was strict, and he could be mean, but he could also be incredibly compassionate. You know, we saw him as a work person and a dad person, and fuck if he doesn't look good in a suit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I might go with you there. I guess, I, yeah, I can't, like, Garcia's, like, Penelope's wonderful, and I love her so dearly. But
0: she's barely like, You guys have season. no
1: idea. She's the light of my life. But she's here for, like, five episodes. like three minutes every time
0: yeah and they're the best minutes of the episode but there's so few
1: yeah exactly exactly that's the official wheels up ranking of characters this season okay so will it it change next season absolutely
0: tell me at the top
1: at the top of the ranking yes is aaron hodgner then goes penelope garcia JJ, Derek Morgan, Elle Greenaway, Spencer Reed, and Jason Gideon. In this, Jay and I are in complete and utter agreement. This is the official good rankings. Yeah.
0: Okay, now final thoughts.
1: <sighs> final thoughts on this season. It was certainly <sighs> the first season.
0: It was the first season, huh? Okay, let me, let me see. Let me it was the season of TV thoughts.
1: that we watched.
0: <laughs> that it was.
1: I think
0: that they did a. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to qualify it. I think they did a good job. They did a good job of establishing how they were going to do cases, establishing how the team worked, the dynamics. It was a good setup. We understand by the end of the season, we knew that we would have a, a nice family moment. Then we would have a case during which each person's strengths would be highlighted and then they would work together to reach a conclusion. And at the end, we'd have a moment that tied back to the beginning and we got to see everyone's kind of personalities at least a little bit. And we understood what the interpersonal conflicts were. And it was, it was interesting enough to continue forward. Here's my qualification. Season uh-huh. two is so vastly different. In terms of tone, like characters leave, like people's strengths change, the dynamics change, all of that, that season one ultimately ends up setting up almost nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I completely see that.
0: Like if season two had matched season one, this would have been an amazing setup season. I mean you know, I hate the episodes, but in terms of like the information they give us and the way the show works, it would have been perfect. We would enter season two knowing what to expect, knowing who everyone is, knowing how the team works. The problem is it all changes by like season six of episode two, or by episode six of season two, season one becomes obsolete.
1: It really is the case of like, I don't want to say like, power creep cuz that's more like a video game term and not really what we're talking about but like I
0: don't know season
1: that 2 it's almost like character creep where like you did a good job of setting up this original world and this characters and everything but by the time season 2 came around by the time you're like a third of the way through everything has changed so rapidly that it doesn't even feel like season 1 belongs in the same show like yeah Season two, we are going into Criminal Minds, of the show. It is the same in name. And that's about it. They don't reference season one. They don't like the only way they play off season one is the Fisher King part two being the premiere. Like, that's it. I would
0: say that and here's some spoilers for season two. But I would say that when Elle leaves the show, Elle leaving the show really for me is like, that's the end of season one. When Elle leaves, that is, the, or that is the end of part one of Criminal Minds. And then I think there's like three or four episodes that are that might as well have been like a movie between seasons. And then Emily joins, and yeah. that's when okay. Criminal Minds kicks off. Not necessarily like because of Emily. That's Prentice. when Criminal Minds
1: of the show is here.
0: Yeah, not necessarily because like of who Emily Prentice is, but they add her and She's kind of like that character type is like the missing piece. Elle wasn't it, you know, and yeah, not not knocking Elle, not saying Elle wasn't good for the show, but like the show they wanted to have and the way they wanted to tell the stories was missing a piece, and I think it was the char- the you know the rich, mysterious <laughs> lesbian character was that missing piece. You know, Elle (laughs) Elle didn't quite bring that dynamic. You know, so for me, it's like when Elle leaves, that's the end of part one of Criminal Minds. Then there's a little break where the characters get to be like, what's coming next? And then Emily joins and then we, then we have Criminal Minds the show. When I start rewatches, I start on season two, episode nine. (laughs) That's fair that's I think, mind starts. Yeah, I
1: don't <laughs> think that is an uncharitable way to look at it. Yeah, I don't think that's a I don't think that's like a bad way of looking at it, honestly. I think that's a really good way of looking at it is like they had a and,
0: and, and I don't mean it in any sort of negative way.
1: Yeah. It's just Yeah, I think when Elle leaves, that's the end of season one. That feels like the end of season one. It feels like yeah. they should have had 26 episodes in their first season just to get it all out of the way. Especially because and okay, so now looking,
0: looking forward, forward into season two, the beginning of yeah, the beginning of season two is you're so right. Is that rapid change? Like when we come back. L is so different. Everyone is so different. I feel like there's a bit of a time skip or maybe this time skip happens after Fisher King Part 2. It would have to. But there to. is Elle ends up being gone for like six weeks. Yeah. And that ends up being gone for a bit and she comes back with a bob. <laughs> so so true. All. So true, Queen. Um, And a bob and bangs. It's <laughs> like everyone leaves and when they come back, they've got a bob and bangs. Um, she looks great, by the way, with her short hair. I much prefer it to her long hair. She anyway, really does. Um, she comes back changed. And that change changes the tone of the show. You know? Like, you could have done season one of Criminal Minds, you could have done a movie where the first part where you could have done a movie of Elle's last episodes and then start it with the team start season two with the team of being like we have to move forward without her. What are we gonna do? You know? It's just yeah, the all of all of Elle's last episodes might as well have been like one very long episode.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I wonder so how I wonder how we're going to end up ranking it next year, this time next year when we do our rankings for season two. I wonder if we're going to see that clear split on what we like and what we don't like based on the fact that this season starts so- For me,
0: it's going to be pre-season nine. (laughs) Pre-episode nine.
1: I think it's it's interesting too because season one is like pretty good. Like, I'm not saying it's like a great- first season but like if you look at it in a vacuum it's an interesting concept for a crime show and like all of the episodes on imdb are ranked like sixes and sevens which is pretty good i just think that as fans of criminal minds like the show show like the whole shebang we look back at season one so despondently because it's not it doesn't feel like Criminal Minds. It doesn't have that heart or soul that Criminal Minds has. It has, like, allusions to it. You can see it trying to break through sometimes. But, like, it's just not the same show as the rest of the series. And, you know, I think
0: we talked about this in episode one of the podcast. You know, I I... I think this is true for you, but it's definitely true for me that I watch the show for the characters, for their bonds, for, for how they interact together. Like it's about that development and it's about their lives. And while they're growing as people and as friends, they solve crime, you know? And I think season one really focuses on the crimes. It is more about the crimes. Like, yeah, the team's a family and we care about them as people, but it's more like, I'm glad the people solving these crimes are fun to watch. Yeah. As opposed to, like, I think, again, when Emily joins in those dynamics shift a little bit. And then again, when Gideon leaves, I think Rossi is like that final, final puzzle piece. Um, and Rossi, great. Yeah, Rossi
1: great, But I think he
0: fits the tone better than Gideon. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's more of the tone. Like, he's weird in the same way as everyone else, whereas Gideon is not, you know. But I think that, like, we watch it for those dynamics and the friends, you know and season 1 is so much a standard procedural. Yeah. It's got a cool fun
1: twist. But yeah. It is still just like a standard procedural that yes, came I'm on in 2005 of CBS, right? Like yeah, it's a it's a procedural that you can bet will have a second season and it's just I want
0: Yeah.
1: It's just so interesting to me. I'm going to be very interested in season two to see the difference between season two, episode one and season two, episode two, because, you know, they filmed all of the Fisher King together. And then they just waited to edit it until Mm -hmm. they were doing season two. But like, I want to see that abrupt difference. You won't see a change in Criminal Minds until ep- season two, episode two. And then you'll be like, oh, this is a little bit different. And then once season, <laughs> once you're like episode six and then episode God. nine, you're like, whoa, what is this show? So I'm really excited to see that for next season. Yeah. Is there any other like final thoughts you wanted to say about this season? I mean, like overall it was like, I didn't hate watching any of it except for like The Tribe and Machismo, right? I liked- Rewatching yeah. and talking through the episodes with you, I think doing this podcast makes season 1 a little bit more bearable cuz you have somebody to listen to your dumb jokes and yell at the show with. <laughs> yeah. Um but like what's the final final thoughts, exactly. final opinions?
0: Yeah, I um we were very hard on this.
1: We were really negative on this season.
0: Uh I think it Yeah, and I know that from here well, from a few episodes into season 2, we're going to get a lot more positive. <laughs> yeah. Um but I just, yeah, I don't know. this season is just not I think if there I think if this had been on television, I would not have even finished season one i think if I had not known how fun it got, I wouldn't have stuck with this show. I would have said, I don't think this is for me, um, but I'm very much looking forward to season two and for being able to make fun of this show in a more
1: positive way instead of just saying this shit sucks derogatory we'll be like this shit sucks affectionate that's it that's all we're doing we're just changing the tone tag at the end of this podcast um Yeah, because I started watching season... I think when I started watching Criminal Minds, I think I started from like season four or something like that. I just started in the middle somewhere whenever Netflix Mm. told me I had last left off. And so I watched (laughs) it and I'm like, wait, this isn't season one. So I went back to season one and I'm like, this is not the same show. And that's just true. Season one is just... (laughs) It's not. It's only Criminal Minds in name. It is not Criminal Minds in heart. Yeah. So No. I'm excited to actually get into like the heart and soul of this show. Yeah, I'm excited to actually watch Criminal Minds now that we've done a fucking year of prep work. (laughs) You know what this feels like? You know what this feels like? (laughs) you know when you have to go into like a surgery and they're like okay you need to do all this prep stuff beforehand you need to drink this stuff that tastes really bad to clean out your insides so we can rearrange your guts that's what season one kind of feels like you're like this goes down hard and I'm having a bad time with it but I'm gonna have a surgery and then I'll feel a lot (laughs) better and that's what the break is (laughs) once Emily Prentice comes in and like episode nine we're like oh this is post-surgery recovery bliss that's just what it is this is like the shitty prep drink that we have to drink before surgery unfortunately
0: i love that they were like final sauce in season one yeah it's just
1: season (laughs) one is definitely like i can see why this is a crime procedural that got a second season i am so thankful it changed drastically during that second season i am so thankful
0: it's like and wreck you know, Pucks and Rec, everyone is like, don't watch the first season. But I but you got to to know the like premise and who these people are. You know, but as soon as it changes its format, yeah, you're like, exactly. oh thank
1: God. <laughs> and I think that's how we'll be looking forward. Yeah. That's it for this episode or for this season of Wheels Up. We're Wow. We've done we it. We've beat. done a whole season. It's been a whole year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um this podcast is taking a little break for the month of october um we will be back sometime in november so if you want to know when exactly that will be um we'll be posting it on our social medias at wheels up pod it'll be everywhere um and we might release like an updated trailer for season two who knows the the sky's the limit
0: we got to that first one is so bad quality it was with my like headset mic
1: you will know when we come back. You will know when we will return. You will hear it. You'll hear it. Yeah. You'll hear it in nature. We'll be singing for us to return. I've been your wonderful host, B. I've been joined by the best James. Do you have like an ending quote? I'm kind of springing this on you right you now. Wonderful. Do you want to do an oh, ending quote for this season?
0: Sure. Um, as, as Shamar Moore says, <laughs> Hi, i <bee.
1: laughs> I'm crying real tears right now. <laughs> what a good way to end.